Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is Blake. I am joined by Pastor Joey Hill. Hello, hello. And Miss Tiffany Wilson. What's up? And we are coming to you to review Sunday, August 13th, 2023 here at High Point Community Church. Today is Monday, August 14th. Did I say all that right? Yes, Mm. you did. Good job. Okay. (laughs) Numbers are hard. (laughs) And... uh, but uh, yeah, before we talk about Sunday, what did, what did you guys have going on this weekend? Anything interesting happen since since we were last in here? Mm. Mostly just trying to get my kids back in school. My husband That's made true. fun of me because I was reorganizing our pantry and our laundry room. He was like, "You got too many things on your brain." Mm. <laughs> so you were being a nester as well, yeah, for sure. Mm. I uh, no, but our schools we're Blunt County, so they were supposed to start back Wednesday, and then we already had a two hour delay on Thursday. And then they were closed on Friday because of weather damage and power outages and stuff. So. Mm. Really? Yeah. All the schools? Just Hayden schools. Oh. Blunt County, all of Blunt County delayed, and then Hayden schools had to close for the day. On Friday. Mm-hmm. Huh. So a little bit of a chaotic start to the school year, but then, you know. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was sitting with my kids and uh, some nieces or nephews or something yesterday and one of them said i can't believe we got to go to school all week next week <laughs> it's like yeah and the rest of the year yeah <laughs> every week for the next nine or ten months yeah mm. what about you i became aware of a pattern oh yeah so when your kids are young you know pretty much all the way up through middle school it's a hassle to get them in school because mm-hmm. i mean it, there's so much stuff so many supplies Right. You know, so many boxes to check kind of thing. Right. Then when they get in middle school, we got to decorate the lockers. We got to do all, you know, it's just never ending, right. right? But when they get into high school, my two boys are in high school, it's like, and they're driving, it's like, I, oh, yeah, today's the first day of school. I didn't even know. <laughs> like They just did. You, they just got up and left. And I was like, oh, man. Must be nice. So, so literally... <laughs> Like that's what I'm saying. Like it's hard. Yeah. And then it gets extremely easy in high school. Yeah. But then when they start college, it gets hard again. Because oh. we moved Ivy back into college this weekend. And it's like it's like I mean, moving homes altogether. I mean, it takes yeah. a trailer. You when you have to hook up the trailer to move back to school, it's not a good thing. And uh and she's even like, you know, like dialed it back. Cause this is like our ninth or tenth time to do it. So as you're, far as you're moving, moving furniture, yes, sir. Yeah, because you got to move out of your dorm room at the end of the year. Yeah, or your well, what apartment do you wherever you're staying. What do you take? Uh, she has like a small little love seat couch, um, a, a ton of. Now you have, you know, it's a dorm, so you have to use their little desk and you have to use their bed, right? But you can add stuff to it. Um, now, so different colleges have different rules, but mm-hmm. you know, like the one that Ivy's at, it's. It, you you have to use their mattress 
and stuff. I think they had to make that rule because people were bringing their own mattresses and then using the other mattresses for, I don't know, slip and sliding outside or something. Oh. But uh, <laughs> they were losing them by the Sleepovers. Troves. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, let's see how high we could stack them, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, you, you, so many things from pitcher, like I have to take tools. Like my daughter goes, Dad, you're going to need your drill. You're going to need a level. You're going to need a hammer. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff. Next thing I know, like you get there and she's like, Dad, we've, uh, we, we need some shelving and we don't have a pantry. So we need some shelving over our dryer, you know, and it's kind of like a common space. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me not to go, Well, why am I buying the shelving? If everybody's going to benefit Where from it. Where are all the other parents? Let's, well, I need to have a dad committee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but no, I'm I'm off to Lowe's buying shelving and then installing it, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. and it's a hassle. So I, I that's a pattern. Yeah. It's hard. It gets extremely easy and then it gets hard again. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, because we have three high schoolers right now and one middle schooler. And so two of the four can drive. But mm. the one in high school that can't drive yet can ride with the other two. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. And so by the time, by the time my, you know, second oldest graduates, that one will be able to. So pretty much, um, we've got this year, next year of taking someone to school, and then we're done. Nice. Mm. As far as taking someone to school, now there may be the odd time here and there where we have to pick the youngest up before she's able to drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're our ours are they they they're not big fans of of getting up and going to school. Mm. <laughs> not me. My old my oldest is is easy. The senior in high school, she's mm. she's just kind of like, I don't care. This is my last year. We'll make it happen. Yeah. So. She's already talking about where she, you know, all the college stuff. So, mm-hmm. but this weekend I had to uh, paint a desk, and the thing got so hot. I was uh, it was a Saturday morning. I mm. was I spray painted a desk because uh, Chloe was wanting to move this desk into her bedroom, and she wanted she they had gotten this contact paper that we're gonna put on top of it mm-hmm. that matched the stuff in her bedroom. But they wanted it black. But they was like, it don't have to be a good paint job. And I was like, well, I've got like a can and a half of black spray paint. Can I just spray paint it? Yeah. And they're like, sure, whatever. So I take it outside and I spray Mm-mm. paint it black. Mm-mm. And it sits outside all day in this heat Mm-mm. right now. It wouldn't dry, Mm-mm. would it? Huh? No, it dried. In you like, had to it use dried. pot holders to pick it up. It dried in like 10 minutes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. When I got ready to, I needed to move it out. I need to move it. And when I went to move it, it was literally like picking up a cast iron skillet. Yes. Like a, yes. a piece of wood furniture, a small little desk, like hurt my hands, burned my hands because it was painted black. Yeah. It it's was, it's whew. so hot out there. I mean, we have an, we have an ins- in, inside dog, an outside dog. The outside dog, it's so hot, is now doing everything within its power to be an inside dog. I bet. <laughs> I mean, it's just trying to get it. We barely open the door, gone. One time, I just walked upstairs and to get something out of the fridge, and the dog was up there. I was like, how did you get up here? And we didn't even know it was in the house. Yeah. You know, so... Like it's it's constantly like scratching at the door trying to get in. It was and it's never been that way. I think it's just because it's so 
hot outside. Yeah. It can't take it. Well, aside and from the heat, we've got all the storms that keep coming through. Mm-hmm. I can't get my inside dogs to go outside and use the bathroom. Yeah, I know. it's wet. I know. Mine will go out and turn around and come right back yep. in. It's like, nope, not going to happen. It's like, what is it with an animal, though? It's like if you let it in one time, oh. then, then it just... It's spoiled. That, it's spoiled. From yeah. then on, it's like, oh, this is... But this to is train an, it to do something nice. it's supposed to do, it takes five years. Yeah. <laughs> and showing them every day. But they, when it, as far as coming inside the house, though, that's what I always, I would always tell my wife. So we've got two cats that stay outside and they're awesome because they're mm-hmm. mousers. Mm-hmm. They just, they kill anything living with the exception of us that comes within, mm-hmm. you know, but they would kill us if they were a little larger and we were a little smaller. Mm. But they, uh, they, they, they're great except one of them got when it was a really small kitten they would like bring it in the house every now and then and play with it and i said you can't bring that cat in the house mm. and it, it it's taken me four years to break that cat because mm. every time you open the door well, we would him. open the garage door and we'd come home and it would shoot inside mm. and it's just sit it'll sit at the door going upstairs waiting on you like when are you going to open the door <laughs> We went to uh, visit with my husband's grandmother on Saturday, and she got a cat recently just to have a companion in the house. And it's an adult cat, like an older cat. And, you know, we got a puppy a few weeks ago. And so I felt so bad for this cat because my kids are trying to play with this cat like it's a puppy. They're, like, chasing the poor thing around the house and under the (laughs) table and, like, calling her and playing with her toys. And she's like, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. Cats are different. They're yeah. awful. Well, I got something uh, different today instead of a news article. I guess we'll, we'll still call it a Say What segment, I guess. Say what? Maybe I won't let the music play all the way through. Oh, really? Since we're not doing a regular segment. No, I got I had to hit that. Sorry. <laughs> so this got me to thinking... Because I had listened back, because we recorded an episode of other podcasts that I'm on uh, months ago, mm-hmm. and then it dropped today. And so I decided, so sometimes, occasionally, I'll listen back to like the first five minutes just to see, you know, what, what is the, I mean, I will have tested the audio file just like I would for this one before that I upload, before I upload them. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, in case there was just something I missed, I want to hear it through my phone or right. through, through the yeah. radio or something like that. And when I heard it this morning, I got to thinking, I was like, I would love to hear Joey and Tiffany's response to this question. Okay. Y'all if know you're going I'm, where I think you're going, we're going to get in trouble. Why? I haven't listened to this episode. I don't know what it I is. I know. That's what I think would be great is about Is this it. the question that's brought you grief? About what? Okay. Oh, mind. no, no, no. No, keep going. No, no, it's not. Okay. 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 Um, this is the one that dropped today. Okay. It came out today, and I thought, man, it'd be interesting to hear. And I thought, and my my thought process was, I think it would be interesting to hear y'all's response to this question, or the, without any prep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, Tiff, I thought he was about to drop the question it. that um, they did a whole thing on: should you tip at Sonic? I saw that. I haven't listened to that episode, but I saw that come out. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about that. I thought that's what you were about to draw. I thought that would be a uh, controversial episode. I want to say, we can't save you from that one, brother. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. We love our Sonic people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm messing. I'm messing. Um, 
So this was the one that came out today, and I thought it would be interesting to hear. And I can give you some of mine or, you know, to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. But the episode was in, entitled something to the effect of places you love to go as a child. Okay. So think back to when you were a small child. When you were a small child. Mm-hmm. Where's somewhere that you like to go? Like where's somewhere that you would get excited about going to? I need at least a couple from both of you. <laughs> Just think. Oh, okay. I'm going to bring up something that y'all will not even know what I'm talking about. Won't even know exist. Yes. All right, try me. Okay. Those who are old enough will remember it was an ice cream place and restaurant, and it was known as Farrell's. 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 Where was it located? It was in Birmingham. And if you went to Farrell's, it was the number one spot to have your birthday party at. Like, if you went to Farrell's, it was something. Like, it was like a whole different level. And yeah. people who are old enough will remember Farrell's. And this is why I wanted to hear Joey's, because it would be like jukeboxes. Yeah, yeah. Things sure. like that. So you need to sh- <laughs> We, we've been dealing with this all morning long. Blake has not given Joey a break today. No, no. Uh, what, what, Tim, so what was so great about Farrell's? It was, it was almost like... It's not a great name. It's not a great name. I don't even know how it got its name. But, Somebody's last name was But Farrell, it was yeah. like, it was almost like Disney did an ice cream shop in Birmingham. <laughs> I, it really was. Like the, the whole Let atmosphere. Let me assure you, they did not. I know. <laughs> I, I got a great idea, Walt. Uh, no, it, it was it was just, you walked into a, it was like walking into a, 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 a an ice cream wonderland. It was unbelievable. Like as a kid, and it was just and it was candy stuff everywhere. It was so amazing. Sorry. What What about you, Tiffany? Are you, are you looking up places to oh, go when you're a no, kid? No, I'm trying to. I was trying to make sure I had the name of it correct. So there's two for me. Okay. So one was Jam and Jim. <laughs> okay, this no. is funny. Yep, you're in the same boat as. Uh, Alex Varden, yeah, because he he brought up the same Jamie exact Jim. place, yeah. and to which I said, "What? <laughs> I know." So I dumb. was like, "What is that? That's the dumbest name ever." <laughs> but that anyway. was the place Jamie to have Jim. birthday parties, yeah, for real. Um, so the other one for me personally, when do you I know was... what, what? Do you know what Jam and Jim is? Yes. Oh, okay. I do. Yes, I remember it being there, but I was too old. Yes. So. <laughs> So the other one for me is my grandparents live just a couple of blocks behind a Harco drug in Centerpoint. Harco. There's and a blast from the past. Yeah. We would go to their house and my granddad would like pull a quarter from behind my ear and then we'd walk down to Harco <laughs> and get like a, a pack of gum for 25 cents. Yeah. And that would be like the highlight of my day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As a little Those, kid, That's so. cool. I, I think the stories like that are cool, though. Mm-hmm. That's what we kind of got into, and then that's what made me think I'd like to hear what you guys was because um, a few of mine and one of my favorites, one of my favorite places to go, my grandmother would take me a lot, and then I would bug my mom to take me a lot. But this was back in the day, but I love to go to Coleman Flea Market. Mm-hmm. It was like my favorite, one of my favorite places to go because way back in the day, first off, it used to stay open. Uh, it was open six days a week. It was only closed on... Actually, I think it was open on Sundays. I think it might have been open seven days a week. But, uh, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago, they started they started uh, closing, or they started opening only, only on Saturdays. So the tool shed that they have there is open 
pretty much every day of the week, but the flea market itself is not, and it's kind of gone downhill. Yeah. yeah. I'll I, say, as a teenager, me and some of my friends would go to the Trussell Antique Mall. Yeah. Very similar to that, but there was a little, like, cafe in the back, so we'd go walk through all the halls. And well, that's, that's the thing. Okay. I have a beef with the Antique Mall people. What's that? And the pickers and stuff like that. The picker places and the Antique Malls, I think they have ruined flea markets. Yeah. I can see that. Because they there's too many shows like American Pickers. And so they put these things, you know, the, people get these delusions of grandeur in their in their mind of being a professional pick. Now don't get me wrong, I'm I'm for I'm I'm fine for that. However somebody wants to sell stuff to make a living, people make like arts and crafts and things like that and sell them in places mm-hmm. that that's fan, that's great because that's like a one of one, right? You can't yeah. get it anywhere else. Understand that. But what I'm getting at specifically is as a child, I would walk into Coleman Flea Market with $4 in my pocket and leave with all kinds of awesome right. stuff. Yep. <laughs> like I'm leaving with, uh, you know, uh, a pocket knife, two comic books, a few rare corn or coins, and a piece of, you know, uh, grilled corn on a cob. <laughs> they sold funnel cakes. They sold all kinds of fair yeah. food. Yeah. But I, I got in. I was I was a kid that was into a lot of weird hobbies. Uh, do you know back then? Like so, we're talking like about what? You're still a kid who's into a lot of weird hobbies. <laughs> so, so you know. In the was it? So I'm I'm talking like early '90s, maybe. Yeah. Coleman Flea Market had a section in it that was nothing but exotic pets. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all ever go to the exotic pet store down in like Homewood? What was the it's name Pet of it? World? It's Pet World. Yeah. That was on my list That's too right. of places that I love to go as a child. So I have pictures of feral. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking. I do. So okay, let's see. So like, just you had That's... like guys totally dressed up. Is the ice cream parlor huh. Feral's ice cream parlor? That's, uh, that's cool. They're dressed see. almost uh, like barbershop. Quartet. Very very barbershop quartet. Yeah. And oh, they, that's cool. They had like the greatest. Uh, they were famous for their root beer floats and stuff. Hmm. But like this was. That's what the sign outside looked like, and so it was. It was. It was on point. And when you pulled up and saw them lights, you knew it was on, huh? <sighs> it was. It was a whole. <laughs> I, I knew I had the right parents. Little, you know? jo- <laughs> little, little Joey come flying out of that car. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> that curly mullet, curly, curly mullet, mullet, mullet flapping yeah. in the wind. Bon Joey, baby, let's go. <laughs> bon Joey, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, and you can literally go online and and like there's a whole there's Wikipedia on it. There's all there's a whole thing on why Farrell's ice cream parlors closed. Like it was like a chain. Oh, okay. So it was all about like why did it close? But it they I mean they they had bands in there like drums like people would play and it was just big time. It was, it was, it was. Wait, what do you mean bands? Like live bands? Yeah. Like they, yeah. You know, like kids stuff, you know? Huh? The people wearing the, <laughs> the barbershop quartet outfits. Okay. It's like how, you know, like you're in some places where song. the waiters and waitresses will start dancing when they hear music. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of them would get on a drum, a set of drums and a guitar and start playing and everybody oh. would dance and. They had their whole routine. So they were like the live action version of the Showbiz Pizza animatronic band. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much it. Which by I the did. way, Showbiz, that was on point for me as a kid. Yeah. As a that came up on our episode talking about this stuff because I was uh thinking about 
uh, you know, there was one guy that had hacked the thing or whatever, got into the program and wrote it to where he could feed it any song. And then the band would play. And there's a video of them playing like a Usher song. <laughs> yeah. I bet that's good. That gorilla up there just going crazy on him drums yes. playing Usher. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's funny. Well, so nowhere else. All you've got is ferals. That's all you can come up with. No, I mean, I was going to go ahead and tell you showbiz for real. Like, because really? that was big. That was huge for me. Kids Casino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> showbiz was big. And... Uh, you know, I mean, they were, arcades were big back then. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I would drive an hour to go to an arcade. You can't find a good arcade anymore. No. I mean, no. I mean, you can, they're but all, they're they're really all awesome. they're they're hard to find compared to what they they used to be everywhere. I remember Jasper Mall had an arcade. I tell you where they are. They're in people's homes. Yeah. Like everybody's buying up arcade. You know, the actual, you know, arcade versions of these games and putting them in their homes. Oh, I thought you meant. What you can do on a PS5 is just way greater than anything we used to do in an arcade. Well, it's kind of hard because, I mean, you can buy, like, one of those little sit-downs, and it has 120 of the arcade games in it. Yeah. Because you see those, like, at when you go to Gatlinburg, you rent a, yeah. you know, chalet or something. Right. They've got all the games in there. It's pretty cool. I saw a, a thing the other day. I got an advertisement, and then I found this same product. I think I'm going to order one just for nostalgia's sake. Uh, off Amazon, but it's from, you know, like direct from China, but it's an emulator. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like comes with like a, a controller that you can move parts of it around. So basically this, the controller can emulate an original Nintendo controller, a super Nintendo controller or a PlayStation yeah. controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can move the pieces to, to make it emulate that. That's cool. And this box is like tiny. Mm-hmm. And it has like, I don't remember, like a thousand games on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like $34.95. I have. That's crazy. <laughs> That's just crazy. It is. I have an original NES with the controllers and a bunch of games. And I have an Atari 2600 and shoeboxes full of games. Really? Yeah. yeah. All I need to find is a connector that will work with a current TV. Mm-hmm. But the last I turned them on, they still worked. Yeah, what did the didn't it use a just a coax cable? How yeah. did the, the NES? Mm. I can't remember. The NES, I think, has that's gonna bother me. I'll have to look there's it up. like mm. a converter of some type, right? But I think you can convert it to like the blue and uh, I mean the uh, red and yellow RCA yeah, RCA cables. Yeah, but the they, the Atari I think is a coax. Yeah, it is. It's a coax okay. into that box, and then it's got the two little UHF, yes. VHF forks. Yeah. <laughs> the, the original NES is a coax, but mm. they have a a, con, a thing that can connect to it to make it RCA. Yeah. Mm. I, have an, I have a couple more as a kid. They're just rolling in now. Yeah. Okay. Um, just about anything that happened at the Civic Center, like a big <laughs> exhibition hall. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like, for instance. Home and Garden Show? No. The, oh, uh, the boat show. Well, the boat show was one, but the gun show, the car shows. Oh, those I was about to huge. roll my sleeve up and take like, you back. To I the got gun to, show. like, I got. I mean, look, there was something about being <laughs> missed it. No, he ignored it. I ignored <laughs> it. I mean, ignored it on purpose. Uh, car show. Yeah, world, car world show. On wheels. Like, world on wheels. That was it. No world. World of, of wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Let's keep going. Let's let's try this. <laughs> keep saying wrong names, my, and I'll keep telling you wrong. Exactly. 
the point is, is I got I got to have a conversation with Kit and Kit. Yes, oh, the, the car, the for, car from Night Rider. Yes, okay. Yes, David Hasselhoff. That, that thing came. To and our I got to meet David Hasselhoff. No, you at, did not. Yes, I did. Hasselhoff. He you was at Hasselhoff? he was at the World of Wheels. <laughs> And uh, really? yeah, I got to meet him, and then there was there was nothing better his than to get your man. picture made with like the supermodel that was there, and oh, then have her sign it, the and t- then you take that to school and you show everybody this is my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the uh, well, the Texas bikini team. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, Hasselhoff is his hair yeah. as majestic in person as it seems. It like? is. Okay. It is. It is. <laughs> Y'all didn't realize how blessed I am. I have met David Assoff. Really? Yes. yes. Did you just call his hair majestic? It, it is majestic. It is majestic. Have you ever seen it on a poster? <laughs> it glistens. It's okay. like it's like an, the ray of light from an angel's Y'all face. Y'all are man crushing hard in here. Well, I've heard, I've heard in in Germany, like you would be safer walking down the street as far as like in terms of getting mobbed. Uh-huh. Like you could walk down the street with, you know. Whoever the current president of the United States is at any given time, uh, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Michael Tiger Jackson. Woods, and Michael Jackson, and the Pope. Like, you could all walk down the street together, and you would be safer than if you even, like, showed your face in a window next to David Hasselhoff because people <laughs> yeah. mob yes. him in, yeah. in Germany. I know. Like, he's I can big, imagine. He, he's big there. Well, all my German friends need to come shake my hand. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes. but All they had to do was come to the World on Wheels in Birmingham. On wheels, yes, yes. Because back in those days, it was all about trying to predict the futuristic car. Oh yeah, and so it's and those versions now would just be like, yeah, I've seen that in a junkyard, you know. So, yeah. but it was so funny just to who I stood next to the car that's coming out, you know, that's going to be like a spaceship. It was, it was yeah. a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I remember going to like. Monster. I don't think it was called Monster Jam, but the yeah, Monster Truck, truck Rally. Yeah. Now my but, kids like that. I never went to it as a kid. Yeah, I think I went like once when that was starting to get popular. Yeah. I was getting a little older. Yeah, but it blew my mind the first time they brought that thing out that looked like a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex that ate oh vehicles. Yes, <laughs> blowing fire, blowing baby. fire. It's like give me more of that. Yeah. Now the other thing that I was big on was the Globe Trotters. Really? Being able to see the Globetrotters. I had all their posters. I had one basketball that they were all signing, you know. It was pretty it's pretty awesome. And you you thought, why are they not in the NBA? They're so much better than people in the NBA. They beat everybody. <laughs> Nobody can beat them. Yeah. This is not fake. Well, thank y'all for sharing. You're I was welcome. I was just curious. Yeah. I was curious what there are people right now, I promise you, that are driving down the road going, I totally forgot about ferals i forgot all about ferals ice cream parlor Mm -hmm. i had birthday parties there i'm telling you you're welcome people uh one of the ones that i brought up on in the episode was as a kid going to going to the movies I love to go to the movies. I also oh, brought yeah. up Century Plaza, by the way, but I love to go I to the movies. I was thinking Century Plaza. I to go to that big bear at Christmas time. Oh, yeah. That, well, oh, actually, goodness. Todd brought that up. He said Century Plaza specifically at, at Christmas. Christmas time. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. But um, I was just, we lived in Leeds until the time I was five years old. So I was kind of a Century Plaza junkie to be, you know, Period. Like I loved hanging out at the Indian shop there. Loves in Central India, yes. India shop, not the Indian shop. Oh my bad. 
Let's get it right. But uh, World on Wheels. <laughs> talking about going to the movies, <laughs> did you? Uh, do y'all remember the first movie that you ever seen saw in a movie theater? Ooh, what's the first no. movie that you went to the movies to see? Oh wow, I don't remember. I have a lot of firsts on movies, but I'm not sure if I could go back that far. I remember going to a movie with my mom and my grandmother and my great-grandmother as a teenager, and we got up and left. But you don't remember what it was. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was a chick flick, and it was just over. I, rem- I, I remember rem- watching this movie in the movie theaters. Okay. I don't know if it was my first, but it's it's my earliest recollection of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, of a movie. And I I had to have been six or seven. Okay. I think. But uh, do y'all remember Herbie? Yep. The Love Bug? Love Bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that in the movies when it came out. The original, not the Lindsay Lohan remake. Yeah. <laughs> Get that trash out of here. Yeah. I, so the first movie I remember seeing was Short Circuit, Johnny Five. Oh, my goodness. It was 1986. Yes, that was the first movie I, that I that I seen in the movie theater. How old were you in '86? Five, six. Hmm. I was. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. I, I was. <laughs> were you born? <laughs> I, I mean, like literally, I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> <laughs> the next movie I remember seeing was 1989. Um the original Batman with Ma- Michael Keaton. And mm-hmm. I like vividly remember all of that. Mm. Like I remember every scene just about. Mm. And mostly because later on we bought it on VHS and I watched it 150 times. But mm. <laughs> So the new movie that's out, and the reason I'm at, it, it pertains to this, the the new movie Gran Turismo that's yeah. come out, it says it's in theaters only mm-hmm. Okay, at this point. Do y'all think we're moving back to that? Because... We, I the think, streaming has really killed a lot yeah. of the movie theaters well, I and think, the experience that we used to have. Well, I think the pandemic killed a lot of because people, experience. Don't, want to, people, people don't want to go. I don't know. It was pretty. It was pretty light. Like nothing back in the day. Like I'm telling you, you would wait in line for forever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get into a place yeah. mm-hmm. to a movie theater. But it was still fairly healthy pre-pandemic. I, it was it had definitely slacked because of streaming for sure. Mm-hmm. But I well, think, there had been some consolidation. I think, of companies, and I think, but yeah, it had, it had begun to slack for sure. But the 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 pandemic hitting really hurt mm-hmm. movie theaters. Oh yeah, it was a badly. nail in the coffin for a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but you know, post the pandemic, I think you know then so streaming basically had to fill the gap. Mm. It so it was already kind of an issue, and it became a it became an even bigger issue because of the pandemic. People not going, not being able to, or not wanting to go, or or the cost. I'd like I'd rather wait three four months till it comes out to stream, yeah, or even pay twenty dollars to stream it, right? Than mm. what it costs to take, you know, four yeah. of us to a movie theater and buy popcorn and drinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the studios yeah. catch on to that, and yeah. and they um, and they will begin making things just just for streaming. And anyway, as this is going to be controversial, what I'm about to say. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but this is true. So, the other thing that's killed the movie theater, this is going to sound so counterintuitive. Marvel movies. 
Because here's what you're thinking when I say that. You're like, that makes no sense. They're the only thing that draws people to the movie theater. So when we rewind to 20 years ago in your mind, Mm -hmm. what types of movies did you go see at the movie theater? All kinds of movies, right? Mm -hmm. Superhero movies, uh, dramas. uh, Comedies were huge in the 80s and 90s. But nobody make. There's not. There. There are comedies made. I was there for the opening out of Waterboy. Just want to put that out there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was there <laughs> opening night for Nutty Professor. Oh my goodness, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, Nutty Let's Professor. The, and Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> Robin Williams. The but the reason and this is like I said this is counterintuitive and I'm saying this as a Marvel mm-hmm. fanboy basically like I love Marvel movies but. The problem with that is a studio cannot invest the type of money to make a slapstick comedy that you would invest in a in a in an Avengers movie. Gotcha. Because you're saying the bar's they can't been raised. Invest, yeah. And they, people won't go see it. That not enough people will see it because there are some people that just don't like that genre. Mm-hmm. And because Marvel come along and said we're going to spend enough money. We're going to throw enough talent at it, and we're going to have a we're going to have good enough writing to where we're going to create a movie that there's something in there that caters to almost everyone. Yeah. If you're a nerdy, geeky person, mm-hmm. then Marvel's got you. If yeah. you if you like sarcastic humor, Marvel's got you. It's engaging enough for the adults, but clean enough for the kids. Exactly. Yeah. If you like high action, Marvel's mm-hmm. got you. If you like drama and somebody dying in somebody's arms. Marvel's got you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what mm-hmm. I'm saying is a studio cannot afford now to come along. The investment, is the payoff is not there mm-hmm. to come along. And what they've done is they've raised the bar to the point to where the general expectation is most people expect every movie to look like a $500 million movie because mm-hmm. that's what they're investing in these films. Yeah. Does that make sense? Do you and now and now with a com- with your general comedy that comes along that's released that they spend you know twenty million dollars to make the movie yeah it just can't it, it can't hold a candle to it. How do you think the new types of theaters affect everything that you're talking about as far as like whether people are going to go see a movie in a nicer theater with like the heated reclined seats and the delivery of your like snack delivery to seats versus like some of the other theaters that don't have all of that. Do you think that affects how often people go see movies? That yes, to some degree, because of the cost, like yeah. you mentioned. But I think, I think a lot of that as well is just the movie theater trying to compensate for the fact that not as many people come to movies. Yeah. So they're like, if we can make it four dollars more expensive, but give you a very premium experience, yeah, then we'll do that. And I think that's probably worth it to the movie yeah. goer. I think that I think that's probably been. It, at least somewhat of a successful strategy. Right. I think when you talk about the Marvel movies, that plays into my mind because when it's a Marvel movie or even like a new Star Wars or something, I'm going to pay the money and go to the really nice theater and get the whole experience. Yeah. If it's like, hey, I kind of want to see this movie, I might pay theater prices. But like, 
I don't really want to pay that price and go sit at a crappy theater, mm-hmm. you know, with like 40-year-old seats. <laughs> but I'm just saying the, the, the budgets for these films and because of Mar- right. Marvel and Star Wars franchise. That's what I'm saying. So it's, like, it's really, yeah, it's really Disney. It's who mm-hmm. it is because they own it, you know. Yeah. Not the cattle on a thousand hills, but <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. They own it. They own a lot. They, as far as, um, you know, brands, they own mm-hmm. all that. And so they're making these movies at such a, um, you know, it's so costly to make them that it just, yeah. it raises the bar so high. Yeah. There's there's just not, there's not room. People aren't going to pay to see a questionable movie and if you're, you're going to lose money on it. If you're not, if you're not Marvel, uh, if you're not Marvel, you're not Star Wars and you're not Avatar, like, Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you, you used to if you if a movie started off with like Touchstone Pictures, you know, yeah. or you know Grindstone or some, you know, some of these more famous Paramount or whatever, and you see those, you're like, okay, this is a quality movie. Yeah. And I watched one last night that was Touchstone. It was Grindstone. It was all that stuff in front of it. I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. And. um yeah, it didn't live up to them. Mm-mm. It yeah. didn't live up to what I thought it was. It's it, a whole. It, it's a. It's a drop off. It's it, a yeah. serious. It's very drop-off. difficult. So what you have to is you have to be a lover of, of the art of you know, the art of acting, good writing. You have to be able to find the jewel in there because nothing is just nothing is going to have the overall production quality mm-hmm. yeah. that those movies have. And that, and I yeah. think, I guess what I'm saying, it's just changed our mindset in regards yeah. to movies. Yeah. And if it doesn't have that quality, it's not going to be worth putting in theaters. Right. And well, and the, but the thing about it is the win in the whole thing is that the streaming is an option now. So yep. you have these other smaller studios or the same studios that just don't want to invest that level of money for this film mm-hmm. that's lower down the totem pole. So they can go to they can go to the streaming company and say yeah I mean especially Disney because they have their own streaming service but then mm-hmm. you have you know I mean Netflix and Hulu and, uh, yeah. and Amazon be- Prime is all those are great options and because they have their own streaming services they don't lose money to the actual theater facilities that are housing the movies. Yeah. yeah so it, it's mm-hmm. definitely a cost cutting mm-hmm. thing you know it's an efficiency thing mm-hmm. in other news Disney Plus just went up on their prices so. <laughs> Just happened to see that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So top top most satisfying movie of all time in your book. Well, how do you do that? Just go ahead. <laughs> We're 38 minutes in. We hadn't talked about the sermon I know. or n- nothing about well, Jesus. And- inquiring minds want to know. Oh, man. Top most satisfying movie of all time. Like my favorite or like. I'll give you mine. Top experience. You want me to give you mine? Yeah. Rocky Four. Done. <laughs> Mark it, book it, it's over. Next. Uh, I would have to think about it. What? Yeah. You can't come out with it? Yeah, I think, uh, I think you got to have a genre. Like, it, it's hard for me, like, to say. Don't overthink it. Like, I would say that. Like, Don't overthink you, it. You said most satisfying. Satisfying. That like doesn't you walked mean. Out, like, not, you threw your hands up in the movie theater. Like, you were excited. <laughs> like, you. Like you wanted to yell at strangers when it was over. That doesn't mean the best. Or like Not necessarily. Favorite. Not necessarily. There's a difference there. Like maybe Friday the 13th was an exciting <laughs> thing for you. I don't know. I just want to know what, what was your top most satisfying. <laughs> you throw your hands up. They finally got him. And then at the end, they put the little you know thing in there. <laughs> He's like, still alive. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Mm. I've I have 
So, I, yeah, most satisfying would be difficult because I, you know, I just have like a throw one out there and reserve the right to be to change it. Mm. You reserve the right to change it. So, I can't say what one of my favorite movies of all time is. Wow. <laughs> Depravity. Wow. <laughs> if we weren't on a Christian podcast. No, I can't. I just, it, it, yeah. I think The Shawshank Redemption is one of the best movies ever made. Mm. Mm, okay. I, the, it's just the language in it is really, yeah. really difficult. How about you, Tiff? Um. <laughs> So as far as like, yeah, just being blown away coming out of the theater, probably I think Captain Marvel stands out for me. Really? Yeah. And <laughs> then yeah, that one like mm. it's kind of funny, but like Mar- I was really impressed with Mario Brothers, just because it took me back. To <laughs> I was about to say Mario as a joke. <laughs> no, I really was impressed with it because you never know with with those like uh. throwback remakes how they're going to do. Because we actually saw one recently that mm. we left. That was a throwback movie that I was really disappointed because they advertised it to be for kids. Mm-hmm. And we got in the movie and it absolutely was not. And I was really disappointed. Yeah. But the Mario movie, like they didn't throw anything in it. It was just straight Mario Brothers. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. They did a really good you job. You want to hear something weird? Yeah. Tyson has watched Aladdin, not the cartoon version, the, the live one. version with Will Smith. Mm. Him. And Brody Dunlap have watched it about seven days in a row. They can quote it word for word. Like currently? Currently. Like within the last couple of weeks. Let me fix this. They look, they can sing every song. Let me simplify. Let me simplify this. What? They have a crush on Jasmine. (laughs) Well, it could be that. It could be that. (laughs) It could be. Uh, Oh, well, it may be. But it, it I, is. I'm, oh, I don't. I'm saying he may be crushing on Will Smith because <laughs> I introduced him to Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh yeah, watch and out! We he started the taste at you, man. He started season one, episode one, mm-hmm. and it between Aladdin and Fresh Prince, we have lived with Will Smith for yeah. a few months now. Fresh yeah. Prince was one of my favorites growing up. Did you know they changed the opener from in the early days to the latter? Yeah, like they, they totally cut a ton of it out. The very first few episodes, like the song is extremely longer than the one you know so well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take it up with Tyson? <laughs> I say that because I want you to take it up with Tyson. I want mess you to with him. mess with him. Tell him tell him to sing you a song. Go karaoke. <laughs> I w- I'll tell you a movie I was a little bit disappointed in, and most people were not one that I seen recently is my girls wanted to see the new Little Mermaid, the live action Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I think it'd been built up too much. Cause I do think that um was it Melissa McCarthy or Cartney? Is it McCartney? McCarthy. Anyway, I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be that would be it'll be good. And it was, it was fine. It was it was enjoyable. But it wasn't it wasn't maybe on the level that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know yeah, satisfying. Dude. Rocky Four is a very satisfying movie. I'm telling you. We were ready to take on the Russians. It was. At the end when he says, if I can change, then you can, you change. can change. We all, all can, can change. change. <laughs> Tearing up. Are y'all, are y'all going to kick me off the podcast if I admit I've never watched those? Oh, my goodness. Man. I mean, 
just you know, there are other people that are not American. <laughs> Your two boys need to watch the entire I mean, Rocky. I'm sure at some saga. point we will. What else do you hate? <laughs> Puppies. <laughs> Blue sky. Apple pie. <laughs> Homemade ice cream. <laughs> All right, we got we got to talk about your message, man. Everybody's everybody's talking some good stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody, man. everybody. I don't know about everybody. Uh, everybody I talk to. <clears throat> yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, first of all, most people don't know this, but Blake filled in uh, for me Sunday, and uh, we are in part two of our series entitled "Infallible," and we are looking at how the Word of God itself is infallible, which basically means not only does it not have any errors in it, but it is incapable of having an error in it. And so so obviously that that flies into a lot of people's, you know, worldviews Mm -hmm. these days. And so so basically we thought that this would be a good time because this is the month that, you know, we climb Mount, you know, Sinai, which is kind of our symbolic meaning of studying God's Word, like looking at it as a whole, the Bible as a whole. And so so to talk about the infallibility of Scripture means that you're going to have to, because it does fly in the face of a lot of people's worldviews, the series does have a lot of apologetic-type slants to it. Sure. And, and, not, and that wasn't our intent. Right. So if you were to listen to my mm-hmm. message on Part 1 and then listen to Blake's message Part 2, which, by the way, I'll be doing part three, and then Blake will be doing part four. So we're kind of tag teaming this. Um, it's it's uh, I, I I really feel like it's solid, you yeah. know, and and everything that that you said Sunday. But give give everybody a little bit kind of like the background leading into it. Yeah. So well, I guess to start with, I'll just you know, and I said this as part of the message, like the. The thing that came to mind to me, even when I was, as I was sitting listening to you with part one, is infallibility. Uh, just in general, when you talk about the authority of Scripture, you know, the inerrancy, uh, infallibility, the you know, the authority of Scripture in general. I always think of uh, Vody Bacham, mm-hmm. and so I kind of spent the fir- first little part of the message kind of paying homage, I guess, in in a way sharing, you know, his why I believe the Bible's true, basically his defense to that, yeah. uh, what some of the common fallbacks are and things like that. So I spent the first part of the message just, like I say, paying homage, but kind of sharing some of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Gave me, I gave him credit for it, didn't share it as though it was mine or anything, but I right. basically talked about, <clears throat> you know, the quote that he uses uh, for that, you know, as a response to that question and mm. then what some of the common fallbacks were and stuff like that. So that was really kind of where my mind was mm-hmm. going into it. And just because that has had like a big impact on me personally, like over the years was, I was just like, okay, well, I know that's where I'm starting. Right. Now where it goes from there, I don't right. know. So, so you landed, your scripture landed in Second <clears throat> Peter. How did, that, how'd you wind up there? That's the scripture that Vody uses oh, okay. when, he, when okay. he teaches and preaches uh, on this subject mm-hmm. of, you know, the trustworthiness of scripture and you know the the answer to the question that Vody always gives is you know why do you believe the bible's true he says i choose to believe the bible because it's a reliable collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses uh reporting supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies that were divine rather than human in origin just so, so y'all know 
Blake just did that from memory. He did not <laughs> look at a screen. That's once. impressive. So, yeah. But that, well, because I've said it a million times, <laughs> but that was so Vody, he pulled every bit of that from, um, from Second Peter chapter one, mm-hmm. and specifically verse sixteen in the chapter, which is, you know, for we did not follow clever. This is Peter defending himself. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. Mm-hmm. And so, just you know, kind of just he his response is basically like historically supporting. Like he's giving like historical support for the Bible, but why that historical support is valid, kind of thing, all in the same mm-hmm. response, essentially. So yeah, yeah. For those who don't know him, you could look him up as Vody V O D D I E, and then Bachum B A U C H U M. He's a pastor in Texas. Uh, really large. Met him in person one time. Large, intimidating. African-American guy looks like he would rip both of your arms off and beat you to death with him in order to lead you to Jesus kind of thing. Is he still rocking the long beard? I haven't seen him lately. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, shaking his hand feels like you're shaking the hand of a grizzly bear. Um, I'll tell you that. So, yeah. I don't have small hands by any means, and there, there are a few people in my life where I've shaken their hand and immediately been intimidated because it's like grabbing a catcher's mitt. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of them. He's one of them. Like when he grabs your hand, he, he just you you your whole body immediately gets the sense of if he wants to, he will take it with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. So so uh speaking of Odie, you you talked about he makes a couple of arguments about how Christians re- rely or fall back on two particular answers and why they believe the Bible. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 ones that he gives Usually, when he teaches on this, is you know the first one is, um, I choose to believe the Bible because that's the way I was raised, mm-hmm. which obviously creates all kinds of issues because there's people that are raised to believe all kinds of things, mm. all kinds of things that are that are incorrect. You know, and I use the illustration that Vody used, where you know when you're a kid, your mom or your grandmother will say, before you go outside, if it's really cold outside, they'll say, hey. Put a jacket on, you're going to catch cold. Mm-hmm. Or if you get out of the shower and your hair's wet and you're going to go outside and it's really cold, they'll say, hey, dry your hair or put a boggin on or whatever, you're going to catch cold. Yeah. But they say that, basically they're boiling down that to a figure of speech. And most of the time they know it's not true because right. that's not what a cold is. A cold mm-hmm. is a virus that doesn't work that way. Right. And yeah. so if it was cold enough, you could get hypothermia, you could get frostbite, you could have all kinds of things that might happen to you, but you're not going to get a cold. Right. And... What, so but, you're saying if I cross my eyes, they're not going to stay that way. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> if you chew gum, you're not going to be locked up for a year. <laughs> chew, gum, or chew gum and swallow, swallow it. it. Swallow yeah. your gum. Yeah. That's, a, that's what my grandmother would always tell me because I sit and eat a whole pack of gum. <laughs> you're going to be locked up for a year, boy. <laughs> Which maybe that is true. I don't oh, know. Oh, man, that's uh, But no, he... That that was the one that he would he would always share. He would share that illustration, and then also the um, you know the other fallback answer is, you know, well, why do you believe the Bible? I choose to believe the Bible because I tried it and it worked for me, and mm. that's that's a big mm. issue as well. Yeah, because uh, I think it was um, oh God, what's that author's name? Uh, evidence that demands a verdict. A McDowell, Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 made the comment one time. I heard him live. He said. 
He said, the, where we are now in the world is this. Back in the day, which I don't know what that is for us, probably 1986, but uh, <laughs> back in the day, if it was true, it worked. That's right. But nowadays, if it works, it must be true. Yeah. yeah. And and that's just kind of yeah, the, sad that we're mm-hmm. at that place. It's the exact same thing. Of The illustration that Vody would always use and that I shared as well is about um, – Alcoholics Anonymous, because like if you go through an AA program, one of your first steps is to identify a higher power. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people, if they're not a believer, they don't have any type of faith system at all, then their higher power many times is they'll recognize something in nature. So if someone recognizes a mountain off in the distance, says, okay, that's that thing that is constant. That's that thing that's outside of me. That's that thing that is all-powerful. If they recognize that as their higher power and then they're able to stop drinking, then that would mean that they tried it and it worked for them. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So yeah. it, it, the, the logical hole that's in that response is is really massive. Yeah. And so that's why <clears throat> that's why he felt inclined to give and share and have so many resources on defending one's belief mm. in the Bible. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. That's good. But it's all pulled from Second Peter, but that so that's where I started. From mm-hmm. there, from there, I went, you know, kind of into okay, what? Well, let's kind of give them something to take home then. Yeah, and um, you know, so I kind of went into the reasons why I felt like Scripture has zero chance of you know being fabricated. Mm-hmm. I talked about you know how people would take uh, you know historical fiction like the Da Vinci Code and stuff like that. We unpacked that a little bit. Um, you know, people would um, take... Yeah, that's your first point. The timing <clears throat> is too early for Gospels to be a legend. Yeah, because like you would have... With the Da Vinci Code, it was kind of like this recycled legend that has been used in numerous pieces of historical fiction mm. where people would try to take the idea that Constantine edited... Scripture, or basically came up with many of the stories about Jesus in mm-hmm. order to invent Christianity mm-hmm. to really consolidate his own power and influence. And that was a very, that's been a very common, mm-hmm. and Dan Brown just caught on to it and used it as an opportunity to, you know, invent this story, the Da Vinci Code that he came up with. Anyway, and so that was, that was one of the things, and because that, as crazy as it sounds, because honestly, just a little bit of history homework yeah. makes all of those things an open and shut case. Yeah. yeah. But still, because they'll sound convincing, people mm-hmm. people will just go with it. They'll be like, oh, well, that's true then, because this and that. Because you made two or three good points, now that's truth. Yeah. And because we have tons of historical records of where Christianity was already widespread long before Constantine. That's right. Yeah. And, and so... Uh, it, it was just, but it, the the idea that my first point was that you know the time like you said the timing is too early for the gospels to be legend because mm-hmm. there there's not the way that legends and myths generally come about take hundreds if not uh, they take it takes hundreds of years to develop and especially to develop in a rich nature yeah and you just don't have that there um, mm-hmm. with there, there's not enough room based on the time between, you know, when from Christ's death mm-hmm. till the time the books were there. Yeah. They existed. Yeah. Because all the New Testament, most of it was written around 30 years after Christ's death. The The last 
book of the New Testament was written 60 years after his death. Mm. Some of it was written 20 years after his death. Mm. And so there's just not enough room. There's not enough space for legend to develop, which I told him, you know, I'll concede the fact that, okay, yeah, somebody could still argue that. Like, that's fine. I mean, you know, because we could sit in a room and come up with a legend if you wanted to. So I was I was kind of stair-stepping them up on the points as far as, like, this is this is one that I feel is a valid point, but it's probably the least convincing. Mm-hmm. And let's move forward from there. Yeah. And so the the second one was the, you know, the content was way too counterproductive to be made up. I brought up the the idea that, you know, you wouldn't, in a Jewish culture, you wouldn't say that you you're not going to invent a story where a man is deity because it's so counter, so yeah. counter to Jewish culture. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't ever get off the ground. Like it would be, that'd be dismissed right out of the gate. Right. Just because that's, that would just fly in the face of everything that society, you know, if you were trying yeah. to hook And that's kind of actually what the, uh, the yeah. Jewish culture was trying to prove. Like a lot of the high, per, you know. Exactly. Yeah, the, I would say a lot of them did discount it. Mm-hmm. Immediately, yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 were basically pulling the disciples in, saying, mm-hmm. "You need to shut up. Like, that's you right. need to quit talking." Yeah. And that's the thing. If you were really trying to go in there and hook the culture, that's not that's the angle you were taking. Because yeah. yeah. isn't that the angle that Gamaliel took? Yeah, you know, yeah. He was like, "Look, if it's of God, you can't stop it. But if it's not of God, then let it go. It's going to fizzle out." That's right. right. And so, you know, I, I felt. I told him as part of the message, I mean, we could continue to talk about those kind of big umbrella type things like that, but mm-hmm. the little, little ones too, because I was trying to move this along that always get me is how the disciples kind of come across, especially in the gospels, they come across as goofballs. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. So if you were writing something, if you were making up a myth, a legend to try to bolster your own influence, then why would the words that you're writing down to bolster your own influence and your own power depict you as an idiot? Yeah, or <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, you what? you would you would paint yourself more like a superhero. That's right. Yeah, yeah. What I was thinking when you were talking about that is the things that they wrote, where like Paul talks about calling Peter out, and where John is like. Uh, the disciple Jesus loved made it to the tomb first. Why would they have written those things about each other? Right. Mm-hmm. If they were trying to create a united front and spread this story that wasn't true. That's yeah. right. And that, that kind of lends to the other point that I made. The third of the points was the literary form of the Gospels is way too detailed to be made up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The um, talked about how they're, you know, they have a lot of details, and especially we talked about, you know, with human lie detection when, you know, CIA, FBI, when they interview people and they listen to someone tell a story and they leave an interrogation room, they're really focused on not whether or not they include a lot of details, but the type of details they include. Because sometimes somebody including a lot of details could be a lie depending on the type of details. But if but certain details would be the opposite tale. Mm-hmm. If they're naming people, they're naming places, they're naming times, they're naming very specific circumstances. Mm-hmm then it almost almost makes things impossible for it to be a lie because every name that they drop, every location they drop, every time that they drop, every single one of those is a liability for the story. Right, yeah. right. Because if it was a lie, I mean, all you got to do is look at, say, a politician that's on some cable news network, and they get asked a tough question, 
Do they ever answer the question? No. No. Yeah, no. They, yeah. But they say a Talk ton around it. of details mm-hmm. about stuff that, yeah. like you said, doesn't really fit the bigger picture of, of the nature of the question. Yeah. So, so yeah, to your point, I think a lot of if a lot of this was fabricated, we would get so much stuff to be like, why are they talking about, you know, ducks on a pond? You know, yeah. like it did, doesn't fit. So, um, I, yeah, I think that I thought that was rich. And, um, uh, and I like, you know, you know, when it was, um, you know, just kind of that talking about that detailed word picture, um, you know, that that has that kind of just kind of gives an opposite. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like what you were saying there? Um, yeah. The, it was when you when you construct a word picture in such a way that gives gives the type of details that allow someone to immerse themselves in it, it yeah. makes it very difficult to to refute what it is that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. But mainly because of the names. Names are go so far in, in regards to a story because when you have names, essentially what you're telling somebody is, I've got receipts on everything I'm telling you. Yeah. Mm. And so anytime you drop a name, and especially if it's a name that's not associated with the story. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if it's me, if it's Peter, James, and John, and we're telling a story about that we did this, then it's okay, well, those three could have gotten a closet somewhere and come up with a, you know, yeah. but if you're saying, and we went by Andrew's house and his neighbor came by and their daughters were there, you know, those kind of things, then it creates, it could a, be verified. It creates a scenario that's very difficult for you to maintain that lie over an extended period of time. Yeah. Right. Cause there's a lot of places in scripture that does that, you know, in the first year of King Cyrus, you know, like right. it really helps you date it historically. Mm-hmm. There's a lot the Bible doesn't give us. We wish it would give us more, but sure. it gives yeah. us enough to know that it's not afraid to be vetted. Right. Now this yeah. is where you dropped the the very powerful quote from C.S. Lewis. Yeah. yeah, that one that was along those same lines as I was kind of thinking along those lines. I remembered reading C.S. Lewis' conversion story mm-hmm. and him talking specifically about reading the Bible from a from a literary standpoint. Mm. And that was the thing that ultimately led to his conversion because he came across so much as he read it through the eyes of of what he was, a literary genius, a literary professor. Mm-hmm. And reading it in that way, which he was encouraged to do so by J.R.R. Tolkien. So when Tolkien encouraged him to read the the Bible in that way, basically apply the same scrutiny to that to those words on the page that you do the your assignments of your students, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> in reading it that way, he he came to the conclusion that there's so much here I can't explain away. And mm-hmm. the quote was uh, quote, I've been reading poems, romances, vision literature, legends, and myths all my life. I know what they are like. I know that none of them are like this. Of the gospel text, there are only two possible views. Either this is a historical reportage of what took place, or else some unknown ancient writer with unknown predecessors or successors suddenly anticipated the whole technique of modern novelistic, realistic narrative. Any reader who doesn't see this has simply not learned how to read. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of hard to overcome. But that was, I felt like that kind of put the, you know, kind of wrapped that one up. And that's why I gave the fourth point, which was that the message was way too costly to be made up, basically. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. talked about, you know, some of the <clears throat> persecution that the guys endured for what the stories that they told and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. The story you told about Peter's wife and how she was martyred, I had never heard that before. I thought that was... Yeah, so there's pieces of that. Here's what we do know for sure. We do know for sure that she was martyred in Rome. 
um, it is heavily supported that she was crucified. Mm-hmm. We know for sure that she was killed in Rome. We know for sure that Peter witnessed it. Mm-hmm. It's heavily believed that she was crucified. The His last words to her are the part that's kind of like legend has it, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But there's no real, there's, there's not a lot of great, yeah. you know, direct uh, kind of quotes on that. But that's been told numerous, numerous times by mm-hmm. various people that – I've read, but the thing that, that Peter said to her as she was being uh, taken away to be crucified was, my beloved, remember Christ. And so my challenge in that moment was, you know, first off, the first challenge was, you know, knowing what they all went through, you know, that they were they were beheaded, they were crucified, they were hung up on ropes to or hung up on hooks to bleed to death or starve to death. They were impaled, all the things that, you know, these early church fathers went through and the persecutions that they went through. Like, would you do that for something that you made up? Right. And then then I went to the point of Peter's wife and telling her story and her crucifixion. And it's like, and at that moment, I'm speaking just to the husbands in the room and say, husbands, would you do that for something you made up? Mm. As your wife's being pulled away and you're going to have to witness her mm. be tortured to death in order to try to get you to recant. Yeah, and the only thing, and the thing that you say as she's being pulled away is remember Christ. Mm. Would you do that? Mm. Not only are you going to have to witness it, but your kids and her family, <clears throat> and all for something you did. Like, would you be willing to do that for a lie? Right, and and so to think that to think that these these men um, rode that for forty years, mm. or mm. to or to the day of their death. Mm. You know, and Peter says it in our scripture that we read in in uh, verse 12, 13, 14. I can't remember where he says it, but he's, he's telling the people, you know, this is how you know you can trust this word because we're eyewitnesses to this stuff. These were not cleverly devised myths. We didn't sit around and think this stuff up. And here's how, and this is why you know why, because we, we witnessed it ourselves and the people that witnessed us witnessed it. Mm. Like you can yeah. go talk to them. Um, but before all that, he says, because it's been made, I'm, I want to leave you with this idea because it's been made clear to me by Christ that I will not be with you in my body very long. Mm-hmm. Like he knows he's going to the great, he knows he's going to die yeah. for what it is he's saying. Like he knows that's coming. Mm-hmm. And so to think <clears throat> these guys through all of that, thinking on those things constantly, that they just held it together and been like, remember, keep the story straight. It was 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes. Right. <laughs> mm. Plus mm. men and women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remember, it was, uh, we are legion for we are many. Mm. Remember? Like, let's make sure we all remember the right. line, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was weird. Like, I mean, to think, it, it's just, it's asinine is what it is, to think that those guys would be able to maintain that for that long, for 40 years to maintain that under such stress. Imagine the stress that you don't, every day when you wake up, you don't know if it's going to be your last, mm-hmm. yeah. that you might be, you might die an excruciating death today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's, and that's 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 your reality every single day when you mm-hmm. wake up. Yeah. And the people, yeah, to, so to think that they would be able to, Maintain that story is crazy. So that and that's where I use that to jump into the whole, or I I talked about the Watergate thing and about how they, 
when Watergate scandal broke, you had the the men who had come together when they realized the story's about to break. It was Chuck Colson is who I was mm-hmm. reading that who was part of Nixon's inner circle. They came together and said, "Okay, let's make sure we all got our stories straight." And these were very intellectual guys. These are very mm-hmm. influential men, very powerful men. Mm-hmm. They were men who were accustomed to thinking on their feet, dealing with with other intelligent, contentious people every single day of their life. And let's face it, the consequences of this day and time for some, for what they did is nowhere near what the no, disciples were facing. Yeah, it was nothing. The, nobody's life was at stake. Yeah. And even if their life was being threatened in a back room somewhere, nobody was having to watch their family be killed in front of them. Right. Yeah, right. But within three weeks... All of those men had caved and came clean, came completely clean in mm. three weeks. But somehow we, somebody could imagine that, yeah, these guys went through all of that for something that they made up. Mm. Mm. It's, it's just, it's asinine. Well, it's asinine because it's, we want, we want to ignore what the real truth is. And the real truth is, is that there are just people who do not want authority. They do not want to admit that there is a higher power, something that has control over everything. Like it's yeah. just they can't. They can't. They're like my my worldview does not allow me to see it that way, and so therefore I'm going to try to tear down the Christian worldview so that my worldview fits me better. Yeah, and it's you know it's but that's where we are, people. And that's why we're doing this series, because ulti- ultimately we, as as people of faith, are going to see more and more degradation of, of society in terms of what they tolerate, what they won't tolerate, and um, and we're not we're not in the driver's seat on that. Yeah, you know we used to we used to influence and impact you know movies. I mean we would impact you know, what, what our kids would hear on the radio and things like that. But I'm telling you what, PG-13 doesn't mean the same thing as PG-13 back in the day. No. Nope. Nope. So the, the the days of us being watchdogs are gone. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it that way. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. No, I agree. I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that because God can do whatever God wants to do, but at this point I'm not seeing a path back to that. You know, it's – I mean, no more than I could see a path back to go, you know, let's go to Farrell's and, and go to mo- go to the movie theater, mm-hmm. and it's going to cost us a dollar. Yeah. You know, those days are gone. No more 25-cent pack of gums. That's, that's it. Sure. <laughs> gone. Gone. So so I, I, I feel like, you know, as the church, we've got to get very serious about our faith, get very serious about um, dealing with our doubts, because many of us have bouts with doubts, and... And that and 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 all of us struggle with that, but um, but to to take something as powerful and potent as God's word and God's truth, something that Scripture um, says about itself was breathed out by God Himself. So for us to take that and toss it to the side because you know it, it carries too much weight or it carries too much extra baggage and stuff, that should terrify you. That you're willing to toss that aside, mm-hmm. and I think you even made that comment um, during yeah. your message. Yeah, that was at the end. I, I went on and read like the last few or the next few verses, verses 19, 19 through twenty one, because one of the arguments that people make really often is that okay, how could fallible men write down an infallible document? Yeah, and I was 
basically I felt like that passage or those few verses answered it really well that it was carried along by the Holy Spirit. But yeah, that where you're talking about is where I wrap. That's kind of where I ended is like, you know, do you see God's word as infallible? Like, mm-hmm. do you really, or is it only your interpretation or your application of it is infallible? Mm-hmm. Like do, because if you see God's word as truly infallible, like it would never fail you. Mm-hmm. Right. Then that, then if you feel like you can make that statement in truth, then there should be some byproduct of that. Right. And the byproduct of that should be you immersing yourself in that thing that you feel like would never fail you. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so if you're not immersing yourself in it, and on top of all that, like I said, we could go back and, and go chapter and verse on this, but it's if you are not immersing yourself in God's Word then there's a clear sign there that you, you know you, you don't have a love for it and if and the bible speaks very clearly about how god's people feel about god's word yeah and so your exact words were so if you have no desire to deepen your relationship with god through his word and no desire to be with the body of christ at all then scripture is pretty clear that the truth of the gospel has not illuminated your heart yeah and in the sec i mean in the first service I don't know why I felt inclined to double down even more, just in case somebody misunderstood that. That, you know, what I'm saying is you don't have a relationship with God. Mm. Like, that's basically what I turned around Mm. and said right after that. Like, you don't know, like, you're not saved. Mm. (laughs) You know, that was, I don't know. I was, you know, I wanted to, I I try to be careful in my wording. I understand. Because I want to say things in such a way that it's like, okay. I'm not trying to leave it open for interpretation. I'm trying to say it plainly, but I'm mm. also trying to say it in a in a rich manner. And mm. so anyway, in that moment I felt for whatever reason I didn't say it that I didn't feel inclined to say it that way in our second service, but in our first service I did. Yeah. I said, you know, you don't you don't have a relationship with God if you don't feel that way. So mm. Yeah, I think it's hard to say that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life if your heart doesn't burn for his word like mm-hmm. a fire shut up in your bones. Yeah. And if your mind doesn't yearn for it, yeah. Yeah. you know, and um, a great book that's out there is Burning Hearts and Yearning Minds, you know, and I think that that we are losing that at, because we, we become a, a check-the-box kind of people. I think we've been that way for uh, quite some time now. One, I mean, one a long of my, time. One of my favorite aspects of uh, Project 28 is I mean, th- there's a lot of things that I like about it, but one of my favorite aspects of it is uh, the fact that uh, you you force everyone <laughs> to uh, memorize the books of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And you and I have talked about this a lot because some people will come in there and feel like it's beneath them in some way. Mm-hmm. Like this is, <laughs> but it goes back to exactly what we're talking about right now. It's like you. So okay, you 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 can't say the books of the Bible, and you don't. You don't want to be able to say the books of the Bible. Like, you should have yeah. getting that. Oh, I know. But, but yeah. now tell me how you feel about the Bible. All right. Well, I feel like the Bible is the, you know, uh, infallible, inerrant Word of God. I feel like it's the, what, what do you think is our authority as far as our, you know, our Christian truth faith? Truth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where does truth come from? Well, truth comes from the Word of God. You know what I'm saying? So you can yeah. say all those things. But you can't say all but then 66 you can, books of the Bible. But then you can walk away and be like, but I don't need to know what's actually in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, need to it, memorize each verse. It's I a can tale. Read them anytime I want. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a tale of where where we as a church have put a lot of our value system. 
Like for instance, yeah. I had like in other words, we we will value experience over the word of God. For sure. Think about that. For sure. And and one of the reasons why in Project Twenty Eight, if you were to ever take Project Twenty Eight under me, I will explain this to you in full detail. But the reason that you have to memorize all sixty six books is because of 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 that very fact. I want you to know how important that is. Um, it's not just so that you can get to the scripture quicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people think, oh, okay, because it's not a Bible drill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, I had a guy sit in my office one time who wanted to be a deacon at this church, and they, he no longer goes here. Um, but he wanted to be a deacon in the church because he had been a deacon at his previous church. Right. And I said, well, I said, well, I will want you. I want you to go through Project Twenty Eight. Why do I got to go through Project Twenty Eight? I've already been a deacon, and I, I and it was like everything. It was like a tennis match. I'd hit it over to his side of the court, and he'd he'd bat it back at me. Yeah. And finally, I just said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll let you. I'll let you become a deacon here if you can go ahead and name all sixty six books of the Bible. And he went, that's crazy. And I went, why is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I know, I know eight year olds that can give me all sixty six books of the Bible. Yeah, you see where I'm yeah. getting. Yeah, yeah. And so that, it's, that, that's the thing, and and people need to process that the right way. I want them to understand that we're not talking about something legalistic here. Yeah. This is not a, this is not a, you know, this is not a legalism thing of like, look yeah. what I can do, yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Like if you're scared of sixty six books of the Bible in memory, mm-hmm. then you're not ready for spiritual warfare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's important too to mention that as believers, we do still wrestle with doubts. We do still wrestle with complacency mm-hmm. and discouragement, and and so I, I just want to say, like for believers out there, we're not saying that if you are in a season where you struggle to get into your Bible, like maybe you aren't right. saved. Yeah, but you have that yearning. If you're saved, you have that yearning, and mm-hmm. you ultimately you mm-hmm. want to get back to it. You're mm-hmm. seeking it in some way. Yeah, and even something that seems as simple as memorizing the books of the Bible shows your investment and your desire to want to know God's word. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, Absolutely. That, that's just like so simple to me. That's like a, yeah. such a simple concept that if you, you don't show any initiative to want to deepen yourself in God's word, mm-hmm. there's just, there's a problem there. Yeah. It should be a red flag on your dashboard. For yeah. Sure. Good, Good stuff, man. Up. <laughs> Good stuff. Part three will be coming out Sunday. Join us. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that we need to talk about? Wednesday nights, six thirty. Kids, students, adult Bible study. Got something. As long as we don't have any weather. Yeah. I actually think we're good on weather for a while now. Yeah, I think so. It's gonna be hot, but let's go. It's gonna cool off actually Wednesday. Is it? The high Wednesday is in the mid eighties. Come on out. So I mean that's still not where I want it. I wanted it at 70 degrees and breezy. Right. So. <laughs> actually, actually, I kind of want it like, you know, 65 and sunshine. That's yeah. That's my jam. That's how my outside dog wants it. That's why he's coming inside. <laughs> yeah. So what are we going to call this episode? It's going to have something to do with going to the movies. You know, we talked I, a lot about movies. I, I say maybe Hasselhoff, the Bible. Myth, legend. Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Feral infallibility. <laughs> oh, I love it. We'll come up with something. All right. I guess that's cool. it. Yeah. Later. We'll see you next time.
Alexandi Grevy.